Hello and welcome back to the Public Relations Podcast. Coming up, some ideas for April Fool's Day, how Citroen, the car manufacturer, used a story about history to connect with people, and what the heck is experiential marketing, and should anyone but corporates be caring about the term? But first of all, welcome back. It has been three years since the last episode of the Public Relations Podcast, so it would be fair to wonder what happened, where have I been? Now, I don't want to bore you with all the details of all the things that have happened in the past three years, but a lot has happened. The key thing is the show is back, and I want to carry on this idea that I first created with the show a few years ago when I couldn't actually say who I was too. I couldn't actually use my name. At the time, I was using a Twitter account, I'm still using this, by the way, called That PR Chap. But I want to get rid of the mystery now. My name is Richard Midson, so a big hello to you finally. Let me give you a bit of a rapid CV as well. I have been in comms now for 25 years. I started off as a journalist and I was a news editor for the second largest news organisation in the UK. I then went on and I presented the main evening drive time news programme on an all news radio station for several years across London, England. I was a press officer for three years for the leader of the third largest group in the European Parliament at the time. I was a creative director in a small PR firm. I created a YouTube channel on private aviation that reached 1.6 million views. I'm a public speaker and I talk about PR and podcasting and I have two podcasts myself as well. One is this one that you listen to right now and also I've got a show called Public Speaker World that was recorded last year but has just been released. Oh and I have a cat. Not that that's relevant but you know there's a bit of personal information about me but what about you? You know who is this show for? I hope it's for you. It's I guess it's the usual. You know, anyone who needs to promote what they do. But I think the people who are going to most benefit from this show are people who've been tasked with doing the PR for their organisation or maybe they're a business of their own. Maybe they're a solopreneur and they're not up with all the PR terms and they simply don't have the budget to employ an agency and they don't have time to scour the world for ideas. So if you are in that position, then I'm aiming this podcast and the newsletter now as well at you. You're the person I want to help and provide ideas to. Now, as a journalist, when I was first starting out, we used to get some terrible approaches from PRs, even supposedly experienced ones as well, for that matter. And I really want you to get across your story. But I also think that PR has changed, even since I started this show the first time. You know, what is it we do? If you think about the word PR, right, it, it's public relations. It is not the press release sender. It's not the person that writes a press release and then sends it off to the press. A PR's job, in my mind was about sending press releases in the 20th century. PR in the 21st century to me is about building relationships. And in business right now, when you look at all the research, you can see that you are sorely needed in that role. You know, people are no longer willing to buy a product just because it's good. They now want to feel something about that product too. It's no longer enough to win their heads with a good product. You have to win their hearts as well. And this is where I think your role is now, is to build a real meaningful relationship with people. And that can be done in all sorts of ways. Press is one of them, but there's now so many other mediums for communicating and connecting directly with people. And that's what I think public relations now is about. So what I'm gonna do in each episode of this show is scour the world for ideas where people have really done something special to connect with their audience, with their target audience. And I'm gonna then post these ideas 
on social media, on Twitter, at that PR chap, and on LinkedIn, under my real name, Richard Medson. And I'm then going to pick the two to three items that people interacted with most. So I'll look at the data and I'll see which people have clicked on or commented on the most. And then I'm going to use my 25 years of experience to reverse engineer these ideas that I've spotted. So in the podcast, I will cover the key principles. So I'll give you that sort of taster. And then in the newsletter, I'm going to write out some tutorials that you can follow and also provide a lot more detail. Think of the newsletter as the kind of PR pamphlet that goes with each episode. The logic of all this is that you'll have some things that you can consume either on the train or maybe you're on a plane or in the car that you can listen to on the podcast. Then you can read the newsletter to get more details over lunch. And I want to do it in a way that you can read this while your hands are busy holding onto that sandwich. And you can get all this via the website. So the newsletter can be got there if you go to thepublicrelationspodcast.com. So that's thepublicrelationspodcast.com. You'll see a link at the top that says newsletter. Click on that. I just enter in the box your email address where you want me to send that newsletter to. And I will send that off to you. So this show then is all about PR for the 21st century. PR that builds relationships. And it's PR that ordinary mortals like us can understand. I think you get the point. So over the next few minutes, how Citroen used a story about history to engage people, April Fool's Day ideas, and do you need to care about experiential marketing? So let's start with experiential marketing. Someone asked me the other day how to say experiential, and I think I'm saying it right, but it is the buzzword at the moment. I was looking at a conference the other day um, about the events industry. And just about everyone listed as a speaker seemed to have like head of experiential or director of experiential. It's the buzzword of the moment. So what does it mean? Experiential marketing comes from the word experience. And it's all about creating a consistent experience for people that you're trying to work with. Now, a lot of what we do is focused on that initial marketing about getting people in the door. But this is about taking them on a complete journey. Now, you might think depending on the size of your organization, that you're already doing this. You're already giving them good treatment throughout. But if you think about the way that people interact with an organization or with you, it's a bit like a relationship with a partner, a personal relationship. People go through a journey with us. They meet us for the first time. Maybe they go for that drink in the bar or whatever. In this particular case with a the company, they might see your leaflet. They might hear your podcast or some other form of marketing. And just like a personal relationship, that then carries on. And if it doesn't build enough, they're not going to buy from us. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you are the PR for a hypothetical legal firm of friendly lawyers. So as the PR, you've been putting out this idea that your company is easy to talk to. So what happens when someone gets an idea and then rings up and then they get a cold response from the person answering the phone? It's going to break that feeling in exactly the same way as if you've been out for a drink and next time you spoke to the person and you were cold. Now, you might say it's obvious that people answering the calls need to be friendly, but what does friendly mean in that context, in your context? Can the person answering the call say something like, thanks very much for that. I'm going to pass you on to Jane Smith because she is an expert at these sorts of cases, and I know she'll be able to help you. If someone said that to me, I'd feel like my issue was being taken seriously and this company was going to do something about it. Remember, what we're doing here is not selling our products. We're creating a feeling that binds people in. Just like a relationship, the more time we go through a positive experience, the more we want to get involved in it and emotionally bonded to that company. And experiential marketing also tells us to increase the number of touch points that we have 
with our target audience. It's about actually looking at that flow and then inserting more opportunities to connect with your customers. Because the more of them you have, the more these customers will feel bonded to what you're doing and more emotionally involved with what you're doing. Now you might be thinking after all this, is it actually worth it? Well, think about how much is the value of a customer. Now think how much time it would take to improve different parts of the experience that they have. Might take a few hours, might even take a couple of days. But think about the value of the customer. And if it stops and going away, how much would that be worth to your organization? You know, according to Salesforce recently, 86% of people want to feel like a person, not a number. Notice the word feel there. You know, these people are not talking about the product. They're talking about how an organization makes them feel and how that impacts their buying choices. If you want to get more details on this, on experiential marketing, and I've done a six-step tutorial as well, it's all in the newsletter. It's at the publicrelationspodcast.com, publicrelationspodcast.com. Click on the button. You'll see it's pretty obvious at the top that says newsletter. And just tell me which email address you want me to send that to. Plus, I've also given some other examples as well. There was a great one I went to a while back, which was about this sort of experiential marketing, reaching out and creating touch points with the Cadbury's chocolate firm. And this was all to do with an Easter egg hunk. I can't even say it, an Easter egg hunt. And um, it's all in the news setup. Right, coming up next, a very quick social media one you can try from Citroen. Thank you to them for that idea. Also, just to mention, if you are in Porto, that's in Portugal in June, I'm going to be there speaking at an event uh, about WordPress. So if you are around, it would be absolutely fantastic to meet up with you. Just connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, let's have a chat there. Right, let's have a look at Citra. They did a nice little quick social media update idea that you could copy quite easily. This is the French car manufacturer. And they asked this question. They had a picture on Instagram and it had a picture of gangsters standing by this old-fashioned car. And they asked this question. They said, the Citroen Traction Avant was frequently used as a getaway vehicle by bank robbers in the 1940s. True or false? Great little one. First of all, the image, it didn't look like your standard cliched, shiny car. So it stood out. It didn't immediately say to me, this is anything to do with Citroen. In fact, the word Citroen was only mentioned in the question. It was quite well hidden. So it grabbed my attention, first of all. Secondly, it's a well-known story trope, isn't it? You know, people are interested in gangsters. People know what it means. They know the concepts of it. The fact that it's kind of glamorized now as well. So let's think about what you could do if you wanted to use history as a way of doing a social media update. First of all, for the image. Now, you're seeing the newsletter that it looks like a book cover. Well, there are apps out there, free apps that you can use to convert any picture. You'll see in the newsletter that I've done a photograph that I took very quickly of my glasses, I wear on my face and turned it into a piece of art on an app called Prisma. There's links in there as well on how to do that. It took me 60 seconds to do it. And what about the topic? Well, think about what your company was doing 80, 100 years ago. And if it wasn't, if you only set up six months ago, then what was someone doing in your industry 80 to 100 years ago? Are there any old photos out there or something you can take a picture of that you can then convert to black and white with an app like Prisma? And anything like this can make a quirky little social media update, which is much better than just saying our products are out this month for 10% less. It's something that engages people that creates a connection. It's time for diary dates, and it is coming up very, very quickly to April the 1st, which is, of course, April Fool's Day, presenting a great opportunity to demonstrate the human side of our organizations, be more memorable and fun. 
but what if you don't want to do that? Well, first of all, let's say you do. Let's say you want to put a bit of fun out there. There are lots of different models when you look at great April Fool's ideas. So let's just look at one of them. Ask yourself, what do your target audience really want? Right now in the real world as an organization, we can't do everything for our customers or the people that we're trying to reach. We, we just can't. Okay. They know that we can't do it. PayPal came up with a story that they put out that claimed that in their future version of their mobile app, you would be able to print money physically from your phone. Silly, crazy, but it grabs people's attention. Airbnb had an idea whereby you would actually rent out part of your desk in your office to people. It's kind of on the verge of believable. That one gets you to double take. So actually for me, that worked better. What about if your organization sells bricks? Maybe you're in the construction industry. What do people want to not spend so much on bricks, right? You can't deliver that because you've got to make money. Then how about releasing a story about a brick which grows into a wall when watered? Silly again. So we're using that model there of Airbnb saying, what do people really want that if we weren't in the real world that we could deliver? Now, what if you don't want to actually do an April Fool's gag? Well, JetBlue, I mean, I love them because they've got such a great marketing department. They come up with such great ideas. They did one a few years back whereby they said that if your first name was April and you traveled on the 1st of April, you'd get credit to the value of that flight. Now, I'm sure they did the math. Apparently, when I did a little bit of Googling, there's 235,000 people called April in the United States. I'm sure they worked out the likelihood of how many of those people traveling and the cost of them as a business would have been a lot less than the cost of doing similar advertising. And it was far more memorable if your name was April. I mean, it's a great little quirky idea, isn't it? There's other ones I've put in the news center as well. Right, so let's round up. It's been a bit of a long episode, but I really wanted to say hello and connect with you again. So apologies for that. Normally, it's going to be about 10 minutes the shows. I'm going to start doing the proper process now, and I'm going to start posting these ideas to social media. So click on them, like them, make a comment, whatever you want to do, and I will pick the top ones for each show. Feel free to direct message me as well. One of the things about this show is this is not just me talking. If you want to connect with me, let me know. Connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a direct message, and if I'm in your city, let's meet up. Let's shoot the breeze and talk about what PR ideas you're working with, and let's share ideas. There's always things we can learn from each other. So until the next episode... Have an absolutely wonderful week. I wish you the best of luck in all your PR efforts.